Welcome back to Beers Up Sports Talk. Sebo in the house, Debo in the house. Let's just get into the beers. D, what are you drinking tonight? We talked about a couple times that, uh, you know, we're going to change it up a little bit this year. So I am actually not on a, a beer. I am on a nice apple port from Echo Hill Brewery out in okay. Munson, Mass. You had this that one time you came over for the fire. Yeah, that's a hefty, hefty pour there. No, it's a half a half a twelve ouncer, so it's like eight ounces, ten ounces okay. maybe. All right. Um, I talked about changing it up, and now I have an IPA. But I'm gonna just—I just want to say this. This is Winter Hill Brewing Company, Sun Buzz. They're out of Newburyport, Mass. This beer's off the chains. Nice. Never had it. It's beautiful. It's delicious. I'm back on the IPAs. I'm sorry. I love I can't it. Do it. I, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll get back out to the store. I just haven't done it because I just haven't wanted to leave after since uh, Sunday happened. Let's talk about that real quick. Well, I mean, I guess we got to go into it. Let's be honest. The pot is a couple of days late. I, I'd like to say that we're in mourning. I'd like to say that we're kind of reflecting on a really good year that ended pretty bad. Maybe worse so for you. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the floor and let you kind of Flex your intellect on what happened on Sunday afternoon. Flex my intellect. I've never been said I had intellect before, but that's all good. Um, you know, that was a that was a disappointing game. Um, Packers came out exactly how they played most of the week six game. Um, couldn't block anyone. Couldn't stop anyone from scoring the first drive. Man, they let up. It was three for three on third down for, for Tampa and then it, that was a great throw, multiple good throws by Brady. I mean, you know, towards the middle of the first half and the, a lot of the second half, the throws weren't really great. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I think the thing that, that, that gets me is everyone's talking about how King got blown by for that score at the end of the half. And why didn't right. Rogers run it in? And why didn't, um, why didn't they go for it? And I, there's the play that really got me was, Redmond dropping that interception before um, basically like two plays before the touchdown pass. Um, you got to come kind up. Of took it, he took his eyes off and he was. Yeah. He, yeah. Th th that play goes and now, and now you're looking at 21, 10. I mean, that could have turned it into a 10, uh, 14, 13. It could just kept it at 14, 10. You never know. I mean, everyone's going to sit there and say they let them play all game. And Kevin King gets called for tugging on a shirt after you know, Lazard was held for that interception, but, you know, I don't mm -hmm. even blame it on that. It's just too many mistakes. They abandoned the run game in the second half completely. Like those three interceptions when they went three and out, I think three times in a row or no, they scored on one of them or two of them, but they like, they just, they forgot Dylan. He caught a ball, ran for 10 yards, had a couple big runs, carried a pile once. Like mm -hmm. that kid looked like he was ready to go. Like, should have fed him a little bit more. I know we were, they were down, but man, that was, I mean, Brady, yes, he had some good throws. He should have been picked by Amos on that deep ball to Godwin. Amos just got out jumped by Godwin. It was, it mm -hmm. was disappointing to see because everyone's saying how Brady carried them to the thing. I don't think Brady carried them. I think I, 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 I truly believe that he did not play great and the Packers missed out on a couple opportunities to, to, to get a couple more picks. And the, the last thing I want to say is, you know, everyone's saying how 
uh, Rodgers choked this away. I mean, dude went three, three touchdowns, one interception, over 300 yards. And, you know, when you're running around trying to not get sacked constantly, I mean, show, I mean, the difference between Rodgers and Brady, Brady would got sacked once or twice. And basically other than that had a clean pocket and he was just able to find receivers. When you give, he had, Rodgers was running around and on that, that last play where he didn't score the touch where he could have ran, like we all see it, you know, we're looking at the TV. He should have ran, but not even, I think on the last drive, he got sacked from behind on the same type of play. He said he felt the pressure and he just didn't feel like it was going. Um, I'm glad the special teams coach got fired because he's been terrible that, that, Unit has been terrible all season. <laughs> I originally wanted Petten fired, but I don't think he needs to be fired. I think he did what – I think they, they showed enough in the second half to keep him around. Basically, the Packers blew that game. They got outcoached for the second year in a row after taking a bad loss in the regular season and losing in the playoffs in the NFC Championship. Um, I still think that, you know, they're, you know, they're going to lose some players, but they're in line to run it back again. Um, hopefully they learn from their stakes, but I will not pick them. Even if they go to the championship game, I'm not going to pick them to win it because it's always heartbreak. <laughs> well, here's what I'll say to your point about Brady. People are going to say whatever that sounds good. Uh, that defense to your point kept Rogers under pressure all game and kept them in check when Brady was throwing the ball all over the field into the other yeah. team. And you can say what you want about those teams in that game. And there were certainly mistakes made on both sides, but that defense did just enough to win that game. And they had to do a little extra because Brady kept, kept giving the ball back to the, to, to the Packers. So yeah, I'm with you on that. I don't, I don't, it's a, that one's a tough one because that's a game that you guys could have won so many different ways. Yeah. And you know, I, I actually, even when um, Jones, fumbled that ball and then they went down and scored on the very next play to a wide open Cameron Brait. Um, I still thought I'm like, they're going to win this game. And I, and I truly believe that I was like, Brady does not, I, I honestly did not think Brady was looking great. He looked mm-hmm. decent, but I thought someone was going to make that play. And that first pick, I was like, it's over. Like this is, this right. is where it is. And they went down, they scored. I'm like, Oh right. baby, here we go. And then once I felt like all of the, um, all the momentum just dropped when uh, St. Brown dropped that two-point conversion. A two-point conversion mm-hmm. should not be the one that turns it around, but, like, it was right. just crazy how, like, the air came out, and then they never really moved the ball again the rest of the game. Right, right. Yeah. Gonna do? Run it back next year. That's all you can do. I mean, great season. Everyone's, you know, obviously Rodgers fed into it by saying everyone's future is up in question. I mean, he said – Mark Murphy said, we want him back. Matt LaFleur said, we want him back. Roger said, I don't see any reason why I wouldn't be back. I think he'll be back for one more year. Now, granted, we, we could see something ridiculous with a, another quarterback down in Houston. But uh, yeah, he'll be back. I think that's just that's the raw emotion of of, yeah, of, course. of losing in an NFC championship in a year where you probably felt really confident about your chances to win the Super Bowl. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm sure there was no doubt in his mind that they were going to win that game and, and then potentially win the Super Bowl. And so it's one thing to lose the Super Bowl. You've made it to that final game, but to, to kind of get tripped up two years in a row, knowing that you're on the back end of your, your, your career and still playing it at such a high level, it just stings a little bit. Yeah, I agree. 
All right. Tell me Let's about talk about bills. the Bills. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be quick about it because the reality is they got out to that hot start. They were up 9 nothing. Everybody was really excited. But for the rest of the game, the Chiefs played like a team that's been there before, and the Bills played like a team trying not to lose that game. When you're in an AFC championship playing against one of the most potent offenses that's been around in the last five, six, seven, ten years, you can't just kick field goals and be content. And sometimes you got to go for it on fourth down when you're inside an opponent's five. And and the Bills just played it safe. Um, now, don't get me wrong. Kansas City played about as perfect a game on offense as they could. Their defense was effective. Um, it was really weird to watch a team that's really good at getting open in man def- against man defense not being able to get open. So that's a testament to the Chiefs. Shout out to Cole Beasley, who played with a partially broken leg, which is crazy and that's probably why crazy. he couldn't get open the way he had done all year. But John Brown wasn't really available. Gabriel Davis was a, basically a no-show. And they basically doubled digs all game and, and made it really tough to make that happen. So kudos to them. The Bills played good. They just didn't play great. I mean, this is a team that was free flow in the last six, seven, eight weeks of the season, doing what they wanted to do every time they got the ball on, on offense. And they just didn't do that this game. They, they played a little bit scared, a little bit tentative. I mean, even Devin Singletary, who I feel like I've backed all year, like that guy took, took the ball a couple of times in the second half and basically just fell over. Yeah. Um, and like the fact that TJ Yeldon was getting real deal carries and real deal plays when he hadn't played all season, I mean, says a lot about it. So it's just, it's kind of disappointing for it to go out like that. I mean, I, I joked with somebody earlier this week, like I would have loved for them to just go for it. Like every fourth down on the, uh, in the chiefs zone, go for it. You know, if you lose 50 to 10 or you lose 35 to 21 or whatever the score was like, no difference, you know, right. you still lost. And like, there was just a couple of times where they could have been a little bit more aggressive. I hope McDermott learns from this. I hope they can build on this. They've got a pretty good core coming back. They're going to re-up on, on the defensive and offensive line, I'm sure, because that's what they've done. I think they probably have to figure out what they're going to do with the running back position other than Zach Moss because I just don't know if Singletary is it. They ser- they obviously don't have the confidence in him. He's the only guy left, and they still wouldn't play him. Right. Um, but I'm not mad. Again, to your point, like, great season, best season I've seen in 25 years. Bright future, Allen's – if he keeps making progress, he's going to be really freaking good next year. Um, it, it hurts to lose in the AFC championship, but the fact that we were there, I think is a testament to the, to, to the growth of this team and the direction they're going in. So, I mean, I can't really be mad. I'm disappointed, but I'm not mad. No, I hear that. I mean, I, it was, I mean, this is, I mean, that's Kansas city's MO, right? Get down and then come back and win it with like 40 points in 10 seconds. They, they just felt, yeah, they just felt like they knew what they were doing out there. And yeah. the Bills were trying to figure it out as the game went on. And in my opinion, you get that 9 nothing lead, you stay aggressive, you put the pressure on them to make mistakes. I mean, they didn't get any pressure on, on Mahomes either. And that's really tough because if you don't get pressure on that guy, he is going to murder you. And he just, that's what he did. And they played this soft zone on Tyreek Hill. And that guy, if you give him space, is going to run by you. It's just you know, I, I didn't really particularly like the the plan, but I also I'm, I'm going to trust them that they knew what they were doing. Right. But they were they were just they were really good, and and we weren't that good that game. I mean, they're 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 not the defending champs for nothing, right? Right. They, I mean, third straight AFC Championship, second straight Super Bowl. 
they're going to be really, I mean, it, it kind of not, not to say they're like a super team in basketball, but like folks are going to keep signing with this team because as long as you've got Mahomes and you've got weapons, you got a chance to win every game, especially in the playoffs. Yep. No doubt. Especially in the playoffs. And especially because the enemy isn't going anywhere, but we'll, you know, that's neither here nor there. It's neither here nor there, but let's stay in the NFL. Let's talk about a team that maybe could have hired him, but isn't going to get the chance to interview him. The Houston Texans and specifically Deshaun Watson. It's clear now that he's probably not going to be a Houston Texan to start next year. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of teams out there that are putting together packages to try and trade for him. I, I got Jets. I got Dolphins. I got Panthers. I've read Washington football team. I've read Patriots. I've read, I just read Atlanta. Yeah. What do you think, D? It's going to be crazy out there this year. Cause I mean, Stafford's going to be gone. So you have Stafford and Watson. So you have teams going to be fighting for those two. I, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're Watson, if you're, if you get the pick, you're, you probably don't want to go to a, a New England, to a New York, mm-hmm. a Green Bay. I'm just throwing like those type of things <clears throat> out there because it's cold. Like, why not stay at these home stadiums like in Miami, <laughs> right? Um, right. But I mean, the best package I've seen so far has been between Miami and the Jets. Um, and I think Miami's is 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 a bit better, but yeah. And and and, and I've I've seen a lot of Fuller would probably would be willing to follow him to wherever they go. So you're pick, you're talking about a, a, a package deal with these two. And he's already got that. Um, he's already got that uh, connection with Fuller. So we'll see what happens. I know he's got a one, we you got know, one game suspension, but really is that, that bad, big of a deal? No. Um, I look forward. I, I, I don't think he'll fit in new England. Just, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I don't know who would, I mean, you have to have someone who really wants to do it the Patriot way and, Brady right. wanted to do it that way for so long and then decided it wasn't time to do that. So Watson, I don't think would be a good fit there, but um, it's just crazy. You've signed Teddy Bridgewater to a four-year contract and now you're like, yeah, I'm good. Let's go. I honestly, I'd love to see him with the Washington team. I know you hate Snyder and, and I understand why I'm not saying that we shouldn't, but man, the players would, I think, you know, it'd be really good to see him with that team with that young defense and give McLaren, um, McLaurin, a uh, a nice quarterback, to throw to him, could be interesting. Yeah, I, I'll. I mean, I I think he ends up in Miami just because I think Miami has the most attractive package. I think if you can get Tua and this year's first round pick for you know the number four pick, plus a, a bunch of other stuff, I'm sure. Like the Houston Texans have a chance to rebuild and rebuild quick. And for Deshaun Watson, it, it gets them to a place where. There's already a pretty good team in place. They've got a pretty good draft capital. They've got a little bit of cap room. They can make it work. I mean, sure, Washington football team would be fine. I think a lot of the other places it, it doesn't necessarily work because I just don't know that, that Deshaun Watson is going to want to go to some of those places. I know he's got a little bit of a no trade clause in his contract as well. I, it's just crazy for a, a top five quarterback to be switching teams in his prime. Yeah. It just doesn't happen. Right. Um. And he's already signed. So it's not like you've got to like, you, you, you have to, you have to tra- trade from and then try to figure out how to sign him. Like he's already signed to a long-term deal. It's just, it's such a unique situation that like, I don't even think people really under, or I think they understand how big of a deal it is. I don't think people can kind of like capture what's it going to, what it's going to feel like, because this doesn't happen. Quarterbacks don't change teams in the middle of their 
prime because you you don't get rid of your quarterback. And the Texans are kind of in this impossible decision. And the head coach they just hired, I don't even know his name. It's like I don't even Coley, know. Coley? Like, yeah, he's no, like I, the – Things where, you know, he his teams haven't – their offensive performances haven't been really that good. So, and, and you know, obviously you just talked about the enemy. Like, right. I, I still don't understand. Like, you, you – at, like how you don't go to Watson and say, if we get the enemy here, would you stay? Like, I, I don't understand. I just don't think, I don't, I think Watson made it clear that it didn't matter. Yeah. I have to be honest. I mean, and I think, and I think the other reason why this doesn't happen is that players don't often have this much power, but because Houston has become so dysfunctional and you can thank Bill O'Brien and, and the way he just ripped that, that place apart for this happening, because the reality is, if if you don't let it get this bad, it, 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 this doesn't happen, right? Yeah. If you don't let Bill O'Brien trade half the half the draft picks for the next five years for Laramie Tunsil, then it doesn't get this bad, right? Like it's just it, they, it's an unfortunate situation, but the Houston Texans did it to themselves, and now they're going to lose a top five quarterback, a franchise defining quarterback, because of it. And that's I mean, too bad, so sad. And I wish he was staying in Houston, not ending up in in Miami, where where is where I assume he lands. Yeah, and, and I mean, at this point, if you're if you're JJ Watt, I know he is one of those character guys, but like, you got to be, you've got to say, you know, I kind of want to go to a contender. My career's starting to run down. Might as well ship me off too. And if you're the Texans, you do it because rebuild that team. You know, what do you what do you think about Stafford? Where do you think he ends up? I mean, you look at places like Indianapolis. You look at places like New England. San Francisco has been rumored to maybe be looking to, to trade for him. I like Stafford. I, re, I mean, I really do. I think he's, you know, people say like, Oh, he got to throw to Megatron for a couple of years. And like, yeah, he sure did. But like for the most part, the Detroit lions have been a pretty bad organization while he's been there. Yeah. And I don't know, you put that guy on a team with a really good defense and you give him an offense that isn't reliant on him to throw the ball 50 times a game. And I think he can make some big plays. I think I think if he finds the right situation, he could have a really nice run at the end of his career. No, I agree. I I, I think I completely forgot about Indianapolis, but I think that would be a pretty good landing place for uh, for him with that with that running game and the pretty good defense. Some. I mean that that in San Francisco right there are like two places where he could step in and basically have a chance to get right into the playoffs, which he hasn't really had the opportunity to do. New England would be a little bit of a different situation. I don't know if like that, that really works out, but. I, yeah, I worry about New England. Their, their line isn't their strength. And, you know, Stafford's had so many injuries over the years that he's not as mobile as he once was, we'll say. What do you mean? Patriots fans will tell you they have the best line out there. I don't know what you're talking about. I got another QB question for you. All right. LA Rams. Open QB competition. What do you think? I mean, you're trying to spark Goff, right? I mean, he's your... Yeah, I just don't think that's the way you do it. Like, I don't think you spark the... By saying, like, you, you're, we're paying you $35 million, but but you're in a QB competition now. I mean, I think I think it would spark him because you're, you're talking about... I mean, maybe not because you, you, you know whether he plays or not, he's still going to get that money. So, well, I'm just thinking about what just happened in Chicago. Like QB competition, Mitch Trubisky wins it, then loses it, and then has to get it back. Like, I don't think that those things necessarily work 
for a veteran in the NFL. Like to me, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Like I'm a veteran. I know like I need the support of the coaches and the team behind me to do this thing. If you're, if you're Walford or whatever his name is, the, the young guy that they have and you hear QB competition, you're like, Oh, let me show out. Like, let right. me, let me just blow up. If you're a veteran, you're like, no, I just, I just need y'all to back me so I can do my thing. Yeah. But shouldn't you want to show out? Say, you know, he should recognize he hasn't played great the last two years and say, well, now I got to go earn it. I mean, I, I like, I, I don't know. It. I thought he was playing pretty good this year. I thought he was playing pretty good this year until the end of the season. I know he fell off a little bit, but like, I, I mean, I don't know. I, yes. I mean, I think if, if you're, I think saying open QB competition is just a dangerous game to play because then you're basically saying, all right, we picked you, but if you mess up, we're going to flip it. Yeah. And I think that just doesn't work in the NFL. You gotta, you gotta commit to one person. You gotta go for it. And if they don't do it, then you go to the other guy, but don't, the flip-flopping is just too much for me. No, I agree. I mean, pick, make a decision and stick with it. And unless and, it's and, and, terrible. I mean, if they go, they come out and lose four games in a row, then maybe you're like, all right, now it's. Sure. But I'll use New England as an example. Like they stuck by Cam Newton. And some people say that's stupid, but like they were committed to the fact that like, we're going to run this through him. And obviously it didn't work out, but like, I just think that like, if you're always looking over your shoulder as a quarterback, like it's just a tough, it's a tough game to play. Yeah. I mean, there might've been a little uh, trying to not get a great draft pick and some of that type of stuff in there. Sure. sure. I mean, they, they still like the number 15 pick, so it's not like they're, yeah, they, they, they had a lot better season than I thought most people than, than most yeah. people thought they would. But if, if Stafford gets traded to the Niners, I just assume Jimmy D's going to end up back in new England and Belichick's going to have his guy again. That's fair. I don't, I don't want him to go to San Francisco because that means San Francisco is good again. Right. Exactly. All right. Let's switch gears. Let's go to the NBA. Let's talk about our Boston Celtics. You're repping the green and white tonight. They're at 10 and seven. They've had an interesting season because Kemba wasn't available for the first month. Tatum got COVID half the team wasn't available to play. They missed a couple of games. Peyton Pritchard is, is jumped off, but now is injured. Um, I'm going to give you two quick things and then I'm going to let you get, 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 get busy. Jeff Teague and Grant Williams really underwhelming so far this season. I was really excited about Jeff Teague, but like, damn it. He's not showing up. Um, and Jalen Brown's just going off. Take the, take it away. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm there with you on Jeff Teague. Like he had that first game and everyone was like, this was the best thing we've ever did was we signed, we have this backup point guard who is that was me. I said that that was me. (laughs) No, but I mean, I said it too. I like, I I thought it was a great pickup. Um, I mean, thankfully Peyton Pritchard has showed out a little bit. Hopefully when he comes back, he can return to like what he was doing, but you know, with the COVID and with all the injuries, they are playing. They, I think last night in the first half, they went 12 deep in the first half, like 12 players deep. Because they were saying, I think they're playing the Lakers tomorrow night, and they wanted to make sure no one was exhausted. And I think they thought they could beat the Spurs, you know, doing that. Right. Like, that's what they're going to do all season. They're not. Gonna yeah. try, they're going to try not to burn these people out. And I think we talked about it before um, when we did our preview. And I, you know, I picked over. They were literally, they mm. were, they were in, they were first place in in the conference like a week and a half ago, maybe a week ago. Without Kemba, right? Without Kemba. Without Kemba, without Tatum for a while. 
with, with a lot of people gone and it, they looked good. I mean, they've had some really bad losses against some teams they shouldn't lose to Detroit mm-hmm. being one of them. And um, <laughs> even really the Spurs last night, they shouldn't have lost. They should not have lost that game. I mean, I was watching it. They were up seven. Um, one of the players got a rebound from the Spurs, put it right back up, called timeout and was like, I'm going, I'm going to bed or I'm going into my room. I'm going into the room and whatever. Looked at the score at halftime. They went on a 21 to four run since the Spurs. I was like, what just happened? Yeah. It was, it was over a four minute period. They had up 21 points in four minutes. The good news is they still have the, a top three scoring defense in, in the East, even letting that happen. The defense is going to be good. Marcus Smart is good. Tristan Thompson (laughs) needs to start scoring some more. Right. I mean, that's still, I mean, Tice runs around. We're still that big guy away. And that's what we kind of talked about at the beginning of the year. And, you know, because we we, we saw Joel Embiid eat us up two nights in a row. Mm -hmm. 40 and then like 32. Like, dude, we're not going to stop people like that. So when when we get to Anthony Davis, Celtics are going to be in trouble. Right. So yeah, I, I, I'll say this. It, they've had to rely on some, some, some guys that they haven't had to rely on in the past couple of weeks. They haven't really been able to get the, the full roster together. Obviously Peyton Pritchard has played really well and, and he's injured right now. And so like you get Kemba back, but you lose him. They, they need to figure out what they're going to, their roster is going to look like what their lineup is going to look like when everybody's healthy. Hopefully everybody's healthy. Again, Kemba's only played five games. He's only playing 25 minutes. Smart's got the injured shoulder. He hasn't been shooting it well. Like, they're working things out. I'm happy to let them work it out now and hopefully be healthy by the end of the season. I'm really impressed with what Jalen Brown's doing yes. because it, it's, it's more than just him like scoring more points. He's just way more confident out there. And, and especially with when Tatum was out, you could just see him be like, no, no, no guys, don't worry about it. I got this. No, keep going. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say like, the one thing about Tatum I've noticed when I've watched even like last year in the playoffs and the couple games is he likes to force some really bad shots, like layups. He probably shouldn't be taking. And like, he misses them terribly. I, I he's, he's got to figure out when it's his shot and when he, he, he's got enough support on this team, but like, I get it. He wants to be the man. I get it. But it like, sometimes I'm like, he's out of control and just, just, missed yeah. shots that he shouldn't even have taken never mind and it's tough learning. it's but. tough because he's like what 22 years old right he's insanely talented he can do just about anything he wants on the field or i mean on, on the court and so like in his mind nothing is out of control right in his mind nothing is a bad shot because he's he's that he's that freaking good yeah but yeah I mean, and and clearly um brad stevens is gonna let these guys just keep doing what they're doing like his his plan is to let them be free on offense. You got an open shot, you take the open shot. Now, maybe some of those shots aren't open for him, but like clearly, like his step back, step to the side three, which sometimes I'm like, ah, it's an okay shot in, in yeah. their in their mind. So like it's just one of those things where like he's still a young guy. They're still getting better. Like this core is 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 solid. I still love what Daniel Tice is doing. I like what Tristan Thompson's doing. The bench is eh. I mean, Time Lord is playing a little bit better this year. He seems like yep. he's a little bit more active. He's healthy. That's a big thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, they got to get healthy. They got to get the lineups right. When Kemba's playing 30 minutes, 35 minutes a game, they're going to be a better team. 
no doubt. All these people talking about trading Kemba can get out of my face too. Especially some talk about like trading for like Lonzo Ball. Please stop. Please well, I stop. Mean, I don't. At one point, we, they were they were talking about getting Harden, and I don't care what he's doing. I didn't want Harden on the team. So people talk yeah. crazy stuff. Right. Though I did see last night that all three of those dudes scored like twenty five or more points, and I was like, damn. The Nets could be really scared if they wanted to. But they were in OT with the Hawks, so that's it is what it is. Didn't they lose? All right. They might have lost the game. I don't know. I don't know, man. All right, let's go to last call, presented by Progression Brewery. What do you got, D? So over the last, like, week, week or two, we've lost some uh, some big sports people out there. We've lost, actually, I remember another one, Don Sutton, the Braves, and others, um, Tommy Lasorda. Ted Thompson, former GM of the Packers, and the uh, the home run king Hank Aaron. So mm-hmm. I just want to say rest in peace to all these guys. You know, I didn't obviously didn't watch Sutton, didn't watch the uh, sorta. I mean, I watched him coach, and I didn't watch um, Hank Aaron. But I mean, all the stuff that Hank Aaron did for the game of baseball and for um, people of color, just to to get just to break that barrier. You know, all these people, Ted Thompson. Packer got, you know, got Aaron Rodgers in there. So when right. Super Bowl, so rest in peace to all them this week. And I, I know there's more, but you know, we can't, and I might as well shout out. It's been a year since Kobe passed and his daughter, Gianna and all the, all, all the other, and I, you know, I, I feel awful for not knowing the other families on that plane on that helicopter crash, but you know, to all them families, you know, we're still thinking about you all. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. It's been a year since Kobe um that's kind of wild to even think about all right i'm going to step outside of sports and, and i want to talk a little bit about what's been happening in the stock market the last couple of days if you if you haven't been paying attention you probably live under a rock and that's probably a good place to be but i'm just going to say it as simply as i can common folk regular people out there started noticing that these crazy ass hedge funds were shorting stocks like GameStop and amc and some of these other ones and decided you know what? We can go out buy the stock. Let's just go buy the stock. And it caught fire and the price is soared. And that's how the stock market's supposed to work, right? People buy a stock, the stock goes up. People sell stock, the stock goes down. That's just how it works. Except when you outsmart the hedge funds. And so today, the stock market folks, some of these apps like Robinhood, put the brakes on all of it. Basically saying, stop doing what you're supposed to be doing, people. Stop buying and selling stocks because you're messing up our cash flow. Capitalism at its finest, people. Absolutely banana lands. The rich people got mad because they got outplayed and they were able to stop the market and its tracks. And it is crazy. It is absolutely crazy. But yet, you know, two senators can go out and sell all their all their stocks when they find out the coronavirus is coming and no big deal about that, you know, with their insider trading, but you know, you gotta be rich for it to not matter. And just a, a general reminder that if you are rich, you get to play by different rules. And that rich doesn't necessarily mean that you made all that money. You might've got that money in a many different ways, including making money out the stock market, which a whole bunch of people decided to do in the last couple of days, but the rich folks got mad and made it stop. And now there's going to be crazy regulations that are going to be that that will favor hedge fund managers. Of course. Fuck you hedge fund managers. Fuck you guys. Shout out to the common folk. Good work people. No That's doubt. it. That's all I got to say. We'll see y'all next time. Peace.